Welcome to the Divine Play Podcast, a practical guide to living with joy. Welcome to another episode of the Divine Play Podcast, a practical guide to living with joy. I am Shannon Morrison. And I am Marilena Lee. And we have the amazing Elizabeth Kipp with us today. And I'm going to tell you a little bit more about Elizabeth. Elizabeth is a stress management and historical trauma specialist who uses trauma-trained and yoga-informed addiction recovery coaching, ancestral clearing, compassionate inquiry, and yoga to help people with their healing. Elizabeth healed from over 40 years of chronic pain, including anxiety, panic attacks, and addiction. She now works to help others achieve the same healing for themselves, and she experiences directly from the work she teaches. She's a best-selling author of The Way Through Chronic Pain, Tools to Reclaim Your Healing Power. Oh my goodness, Elizabeth. Tell us, I mean, I don't even know. This is like so much in your bio, right? Um, but tell us, tell us a little bit about yourself, more than just your bio, and then we'll have the conversation about what joy means to you. Perfect. Thank you so much, Shannon. Um, I I really went through a lot uh, in the healthcare world, just um, and the alternative healthcare world, just trying to find my way into healing. Um, a lot of supportive hands. Everyone really was supportive from their kind of training, from their point of view, and I. I found um, I found limitation, and I found I was discouraged because I and I didn't really understand the limitation. Um, I had a science background, and I was able to kind of um, because of the science background, they taught me how to be a science researcher, and so uh, learning how to think uh, creatively and kind of in a process there was helpful for me in in being able to uh, uh, break down a problem. Um, when I was presented with a limitation from a doctor, for instance, like, well, you know, you're not going to get better from chronic pain. So you just have to learn to live with it. Um, I, that was, it was upsetting to me, um, because I believed that person, but upon further, um, inspection, I realized that that person was showing me a limitation in the model they were using, not necessarily telling me about the limitation of the body's ability to heal. Mm -hmm. So that was very important. Uh, and, and I, and I, and I have, I, this is, as you say, I have 40 years, long journey, many doctor's offices, many uh, physical rehab uh, lots of surgery and 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 hospitals and lots of uh, patients, other patients sitting, in, you know, and and I, I, there really were very few patients that knew how to talk to doctors and knew how to really kind of think through this territory and stand in their power. I just kept seeing more and more patients cede their power to the uh, to the to the doctors. And here's the thing, doctors can uh, can set a bone and stitch up a wound but they can't tell the body how to heal neither can a reiki practitioner <laughs> or or an, an, an acupuncturist right they're all uh, doing what they can to support the body but they can't tell the body how to heal 
So the power for the healing is in here. And we, I really feel like one of my main messages is to just own that, understand that I'm, you know, the power is in here, not out there, if that makes sense. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. It makes completely, I mean, it makes completely, it makes complete sense to me. Uh, you know, it's, it's, I went through a really similar journey of chronic pain for about 20 years and I ended up finding myself working with a practitioner, you know, doing network spinal analysis that really rejects the idea that the healing is outside of you. And I, one of the things that I realized though, is that I actually really wouldn't have been ready to receive, you know, the help that I'm getting there, which is allowing me to realize that like, I am responsible for my healing. I am responsible for letting go of the tension in my spine. I am responsible for learning how to take up space in different ways and to allow energy to move through me in different ways. And I really wouldn't have been able to hear that before I, I walked into his office. I think I did it at exactly the right time as it was meant to be. And I'm, I'm so curious how you, like, was there a moment, was it like an aha moment where you were like, oh, it's in me, it's up to me, it's my choice. Or did it happen little by little for you? Because I feel like for me, that happened like little by little in these like tiny micro steps instead of this one like big aha moment. I love that. I, I had two uh, moments really for me that that really shifted my thinking. I, I'm sorry you went through 20 years of that, but, you know, I'm not. You're, you're able to help others. So, you know, this is so powerful. Right. The first one moment was when I when I when I when he when I heard that I will be in level seven out of 10 pain for the rest of my life and I will be in a wheelchair when I'm 40 and you won't get better. And I heard that from this doctor who, you know, everything he'd said up to then seemed to be true. <laughs> I was like I'm devastated uh, because I was very vulnerable at the time. And again, as I said, on on further inspection of that, I realized he had these limitations and he also uh, had forgotten basic science, which is probabilities. It's not facts. And he said, you will, he didn't say it's probable that. So that mm -hmm. was an error on his part. And I realized that I was going to have to look. So in science, science can only uh, comment on what it can observe, measure and describe. We live in the all that is not just in the part that science can comment on. So we heal in the all that is, not just in the part that science can comment on. And so I knew I was going to have to look beyond the part that science was commenting on in order to get the answers I was looking for. So that was number one. And then when I finally found a doctor who... Um, was both East and West and was a Qigong healer and a physician. So it's a beautiful combination mm -hmm. and sat in his pain management program. And he said to me, he said to the whole class, it wasn't just me personally, but I was in the room and he was pointing it to everybody. He said, he said, what are you doing to contribute to your pain? And my first like 
main thing out of my, you know, out of the gate was like, dude, you're you're putting that down in a room full of chronic pain sufferers. You, you know, you're you're asking for trouble. <laughs> you know, that was kind of my attitude in We're the moment. Ganging up on you, you're right? That was my attitude in the moment. But um, I I realized I had this shift all of a sudden it woke me up because I he took me from victimhood it's doing it to me into empowerment I actually have some power here and uh that changed that that was the you know the first one was like I gotta look outside of this place and the second one was like oh wait a minute I have to be 100% responsible for my experience right so so that that's yeah that's the answer to that question my goodness. I love that. So in my experience, I also, as far back as I can remember, like 12, um, massive pain in my shoulders and massive back pain and injured my back in college, um, rotated my pelvis. And so pain has been a uh, part of my journey for a long time. And when I finally was getting, getting help, um, for my chronic back pain that I was experiencing, I went to a physical therapist and she did my, she kicked my ass let's just be honest. Um, but she did myofascular release and she was like, there's a reason for this. There's a reason for all of this. And it's scar tissue. And it's this and that. Cause I lost function of my hands. I couldn't even write my name. I couldn't turn my head left or right. Like I was 30. <laughs> so it was, it was like, I had two little kids. Like I couldn't hold them. It was a big deal. And, um, so we talked and she's like, by the end of this, we'll figure out what this factory work is. Like if you ever worked in a factory, like at a conveyor belt, standing in the same position, repetitively, repetitive, repetitively. And I was like, no, besides looking at a computer and driving a car, I've not done anything repetitively in my entire life. And then she's like, well, I think you need a new job. And I was like, yeah, because of the stress of my job right? I worked in um, crisis response. And so it was my job when people were um, not doing well mentally um, or emotionally, it was my job to get them in the hospital. It was my job when they were suicidal to get them the help they needed. And it was just stress upon stress upon stress. So that acted part of it, right? I was also married to my first husband. and um, But the repetitive motion was my asthma because I was like, I can't change my job because it'll be a rider just like this back injury was. I couldn't, you know, insurance won't cover me. And she's like, uh, what? You have asthma? And I said, yeah, as a kid, it was really, really bad allergic bronchial asthma. And she said, Shannon, that is the repetitive motion. So when my lungs couldn't fill up with air, my, my shoulders and my sternum lifted um, to let my lungs fill up with air so I could breathe. And that was that repetitive motion that causes scar tissue, in my shoulders and my muscles and my neck. And I was like, what? And that was the first insight of how freaking powerful our body is and how it will do what it needs to do to live. And so it would put me on this. That was my aha. Like I was like, nah, uh, and my mom's a nurse and she was like, no freaking way. But it absolutely made sense to me. Like I couldn't breathe most of, until I was 18. Like I had asthma attacks all through whatever until I was 18, which is super interesting also. Just stopped. But I was like, this is so interesting. And so I figured out then science and emotional wellness and your body's ability to do whatever you told it to was like miraculous. So I resonate so much with the science versus like the conception of like blending them together is so powerful. That's beautiful. 
you're also speaking to a couple of other points that I'll bring in. There's a hierarchy to healing. Uh, Bruce, Dr. Bruce Perry, who's a trauma uh, doctor, uh, used this alliteration and regulate, relate, reason. So first we have to regulate the nervous system. Then we have to feel a sense of belonging either to ourselves, to others, to creator, God, whatever, um, but some sense of belonging. Then we can reason. But in trauma, we get disconnected from ourselves because of what happened and, and uh, our response to it. And we get disconnected from others because we can't share our experience and because of the meaning we're making and et cetera, et cetera. So we, first we have to regulate that nervous system, which is in this fight, flight, freeze, shut down, activated space, which you're speaking of in the asthma experience. Mm -hmm. And then restore a sense of connection, which you did with the physical therapist. She's held a safe space for you and you co-regulated together, right? And then you can reason and and, and find your way through. So there's this beautiful hierarchy and, and, and that's just has been so helpful for me uh, to kind of like, oh, there's a priority here. We have to start at the beginning. The other thing that's interesting um, about what you said is that negative experience in the body create like anger, shame, resentment, um, oh, poor me, um, you know, pick your negative thing. It actually creates a biochemistry in the body and those chemicals uh, are addictive in the brain. And so that feeds the habit, right? So you get in a, so you talked about repetitive habit. So for instance, and I'll bring in the ancestral piece, which may blow your mind, but it blew my mind when it came in and when I put it all together. If I come from a lineage where there was stress all the time, we have to work hard and we can't stop until we've got the job done kind of energy and we kind of collapse at night and get what we can and we get up and we do it the next day. That is translated energetically into the next generation through the mother, right? Mm -hmm. And that we're in, not just in our, as eggs, we're not just in our mom, we're in our grandmom for a few months, right? So we share space with our mother and grandmother energetically and in the womb, actually. And then grandmother shared space with her grandmother. And so we have this line uh, all the way down in the lineage of energetic frequencies and uh so the nervous system is set up this is how we do life we do life like this now the good news is that the brain and the nervous system are what they call plastic so it can it can shift it's constantly constantly shifting depending on the circumstances, it's constantly taking in information. So you can retrain the nervous system out of that. And which is what your, your physical therapy, you and your physical therapist did together. Yeah. Yeah. I relate with this so much. And I know that, you know, you really work with a lot of ancestral healing, Shannon, as well as do I, uh, mm -hmm. through the shamanic healing process. And it's, 
You know, it's, it's really interesting that you touch on this nervous system thing. Um, you know, as I've gotten more into breath work and, and really working with the nervous system, um, and in my own healing journey, the regulation of my nervous system was really pretty paramount. And one of the things that I love so much in exploring your work, Elizabeth, is that you are in long-term recovery and that you work with yoga informed addiction recovery and, Yoga was a really big part of my own regulation process uh, and working with the breath pranayama. But one of the things that I think that sometimes people struggle with, part of it's the culture we live in and part of it is self-medication and part of it is prescribed medication that is given to us to help us deal with this chronic pain, whether it be emotional, spiritual, physical, or energetic. And one of the hardest things that I had to come to on my own, and, and I'm grateful that I my life became enough of a disaster that I decided to get sober and work the spiritual medicine that is the 12 steps. For me, I was a 12-stepper. But what I realized about six months into my recovery is that getting the substances out of my body was a really big part of allowing my nervous system to recalibrate. Mm -hmm. And so I'm really curious for, for you. And, and I'm curious about this too, because I work with people. So I like, this is a very personal question for me. When I'm working with people who are dealing with this like never ending onslaught of mental, emotional, spiritual, physical pain, one of the very last things that they are willing to give up is what they're medicating themselves with. And so what would you say to the person out there who is just like sitting in this like quagmire of chronic pain, whether it's, you know, whatever, whatever body it's showing up in. What would you say to them? You know, the last thing they want to give up is their last little piece of comfort, whether it's alcohol, whether it's pain meds, whether it's, you know, doom scrolling on Facebook, whatever it is they're medicating themselves with. What do you have to offer to them that might help them reconsider letting that go as a way to move towards regulating their nervous system and finding a path to healing? because I find it's often the hardest thing to help people understand because it seems like you're never going to be okay without it when you're on that side of it. Oh boy, what a question. And I understand because I've actually been there myself as well. Um, first of all, chronic pain changes the brain fundamentally. Uh, how does it do that? A uh, chronic pain, remember, like we talked, you talked about the different kinds, but Chronic pain is any pain that's felt 15 days out of 30 for three months or more, physical, mental, emotional, spiritual, financial. It's all the same to the brain. It all sends a signal. It hurts. So the brain can't tell the difference between a broken bone and a broken heart. Chronic pain changes the brain emotional in the emotional center. It, 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 it makes us more negative. So like, you're wrong and I'm wrong and nothing's right. This, you know, gratitude kind of goes out the window. Um, and it creates a lot of brain fog. So I can't think straight. 
and it puts the stress response on on. It's it's it gets stuck on on, and the stress response is, is made to be flexible to turn on and off and come back to keep us in balance. But in chronic pain, it gets turned on. So we're talking about the nervous system at that point. The nervous system's constantly activated, and it gets in this habit. This is how we do life, like we were just talking about. We do it like this, and it becomes a perverse but actual sense of that's our comfort zone when we're in that space. This is what you're referring to. That's coming. And the mind will come in and make all kinds of justifications to stay there because here's the thing. And I, and I write about this in my book. Here's the thing for me as a chronic pain patient, this is the way I do life. If I change anything, maybe it'll get worse. <laughs> like that's where I went. Okay. Now that's the mind. That's a story. That's not, and that's the future. That's not now. So lots of time tripping. Oh, this is the way it, this happened to me before. Therefore, you know, this is going to happen to me later, right? So lots of not being in the present moment and lots of projecting about, you know, it's going to get worse because, you know, it's pretty intense when we're, when we're in that space. So here's the thing. You're not backed up against the wall. There is a way out. And the way out is to heal the changes in the brain. We have to bring in modalities that heal the changes that happen in the brain because of chronic pain. And pain medicine doesn't do that. Mm. It, there are no studies that say that opiates and benzodiazepines and you know anti-anxiety medicine, et cetera, et cetera, actually heal chronic pain, the changes in the brain that happen because of a chronic pain. So that to me was revealing. Like, oh, I thought this thing was helping me. It's actually not helping me. And, you know, just, you know, by the way, opiates are, which are great for a quick acute pain when you're so stressed out, you can't even rest. Or is it, that's an, a, an appropriate application of, of an opiate. But in a chronic pain space, what, what opiates do, which is why you don't want to take them for very long, is they depress the breath. So we, we're not exhaling out toxins and taking in nourishment. They paralyze the, the gut. So we can't digest our food. They dehydrate us. So we're not getting proper. So tell me, why are, how are any of those things good for healing? None of those things are, you want to do the opposite, right? So bring in modalities that heal the changes. And what are some of the modalities that heal the changes? Breath work. We lose 70% of our, of our toxins by weight come out of the breath. I was astonished when I learned that. So we need to do deep breathing <laughs> just, to, just, to, you know, just to nourish ourselves and just to bring the oxygen in, but to get the, the CO2 out, all the toxins out. Um, uh, also meditation. So remember I said the mind gets chaotic and, and it brain fog and, and, and so forth. Meditation is a modality that calms the mind and gives the brain a chance to heal. So those are kind of two big ones. I mean, I went through adversity therapy because I had a lot of unresolved trauma that I didn't even know about. I mean, I just 
my family just pushed stuff under the rug <laughs> when stuff went down when I was a kid. So anything that happened to me was like, we're not talking about that. Right. So that wasn't helpful. All right. So I did adversity therapy too. And I did tapping and I did. And so the stuff that I teach now is what I, what I used to heal myself. They were all modalities that help heal the changes that happen in the brain because of chronic pain. That's what I would say. That's amazing. That's amazing. I really appreciate you sharing on that because I know for me, I thought it was exactly like you said, if I quit, this is just going to get worse. And it was such, it was such a lie. It kept me, it kept me in victim. You know, it kept me feeling helpless and at the mercy of like everything outside me. And I'm so grateful for my, my, my own personal recovery and sobriety inside. I resonate with you so much and I really appreciate your vulnerability. And your oh, honesty. thank you. I wrote a whole blog on my website called um, predicaments of chronic pain. I think that's what it's called. And it, 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 it lists nine or 10 lies. The brain that, that the mind tells, tells us about pain. And they're all words that start with P. <laughs> so it's like, anyway, it's a, it's a, you know, it's a deep dive into, this is what happens in chronic pain that we get into these mind states and we believe them. And um, uh, it, that is not a healing state to be in. Um, in my experience, there was like a, I love what you're saying and I'm listening to it and I'm feeling into it. And you're probably feeling me. I, I, y'all are probably feeling me because I'm thinking about things and I'm trying to breathe. <laughs> um, so in in perspective, like for everything that I have done in my healing journey or just moving forward through victim into being conscious and aware and, and loving and healing, there was always a line to create my message from my mess. Um, can you allude to what changed your trajectory of creating the person you are now that created you to get an insight of like, I'm going to write a dang book because like more people need to know like, what was that line for you? And um, what is the ripple that you have seen so far? Because you were out loud and kind of going against the grain of like normal. I kind of love li living on the edge of the paradigm. That, that's been my whole, that's when I was, you know, actually in university studying science, that's where I wanted to hang out. That's where the action was. So, so I'm kind of a disruptor by nature anyway. Oh. <laughs> um, I um I feel like um people get confused. The mind comes in and makes makes meaning and it's not the truth, but we believe it's true. Uh, an example would be um I'm having negative thoughts and um, and I had chronic pain for so long, I identified with it. That's who I was. I was chronic pain. That's that's not who I am. I'm having an experience of chronic pain, but it's not who I am. I'm having thoughts that are negative, but it's not who I am. I'm having the experience of that. I'm not sure that answers your question, but that's what's coming in <laughs> around this topic. Um for me to be able to see, separate myself from my experience, I'm the witness of my experience, but it's not 
who I am. Um, I'm an eternal soul. And I'm watching this play happening in Earth School. Right, that right there was a was a very um, calming space for me to settle into, and I even today um, I get I can get I just went it's crazy you know I'm just saying, so I've done all this work um, and and I'm 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 real stable and steady and yet you know life happens and I get activated and. I sometimes I have no idea what it is and what the cause is, but like literally, I I I just left my apartment the other day to go to the grocery store. Uh, I, I love I know the people there. It's a beautiful grocery store. There's not a lot of traffic because the students are here in town right now, and so it's like not a thing. I get you know into the out of the out of the parking lot, and my nervous system gets activated, and I have no idea what that is. And, you know, I'm all that. And I'm just like, okay, well, this is where I am right now. And I just dropped into the breath. And I just breathed. I didn't get, oh, what's the matter with me? I didn't do any of that. <laughs> I, I've gone through all that. And I just I just dropped right into the breath. Five or six nice deep breaths. I'm back, you know, into like stable. Here's the thing. It took me time to be able to retrain the nervous system to be able to get get back into regulation on a dime like that it took time because i lived in this you know agitated space state for so long yeah Absolutely. and i think <laughs> we're both like that's so awesome we want to talk about it and you know i think the gift of the gift of time the gift of giving yourself time like you don't have to be a hundred percent better tomorrow you don't have to do it all at once you know, it's like you get to take it one moment at a time, you know, one, just one. And I, I, I have a loved one who's also in their, in their first year of sobriety and, you know, somebody I care so deeply for. And we talk all the time about how one day you wake up and you're like, oh, I did that completely different than I would have a year ago. I responded to that in a totally different way. Whoa, I'm not triggered by this thing. Like I was a year ago. When did, when did that happen? You know? And it's like, it happens over time in these like tiny little chunks. And I think that's a really big gift that we get to give ourselves throughout mm. the process of healing. Yes. Beautifully said. Um, one of my yoga teachers put it this way. So we're doing some kind of you know, meditation and the mind comes in and goes, Elizabeth, get up and get out of here. What are you doing sitting here doing this thing still, right? So a lot of chatter, right? That's the point when you stay and you breathe and you bring your attention back to the, the present moment in the meditation and you're, you're coming back from that, ah, you know, I don't want to be here. And you come back. That's when you're retraining the brain. When it gets hard in meditation, that's when the that's when the magic's happening. That's when the healing's happening, right? So you know when I get when I get uh, agitated in a, in a meditation, I don't want to do this anymore. When I I'm like, oh, I'm 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 right there. <laughs> this, is, this is this is why you came here in the first place, right? <laughs> right. So very important. And 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 by the way, yes, this moment 
because this is the only moment we have and it's where the healing happens not in the past not in the future this moment oh my gosh this resonates because i was just watching a, a film a documentary and it was like the past isn't right like we get to sit in the present and I feel like we think that our past is like running us. The past can't do it anymore because it's already done. It's there. It's whatever. It's the feel, the belief. It's like what's between here and here. And it's this thought process, this belief and the way we're showing up because the past cannot keep slapping us in the face. Today slaps us in the face sometimes. And I know that when my, my, my discomfort or my pain comes back, it's when my emotions are up are in upheaval. It's when I am like racing to run the future or trying to control the environment, or I'm so focused on what I'm creating tomorrow or six months from now, I'm not being in alignment with the present. That's when my shoulders start tapping me again. And like you said, like it, it is a process. And I feel like we get to give what I hear, what I hear all of us talking about today is compassion. <laughs> like, I feel like we get to give ourselves compassion and give ourselves the time and just sink into whatever formula that works good for you. But changing the cognition of what's happening right now, like, are we being chased by a lion? Most likely we're not. So what are we feeling right now? What is triggering this? Maybe we don't know what's triggering it. Getting with your breath, sinking in, I'm going to oil up. <laughs> seems to take my emotional pain away from my shoulders when I oil up and um, just be with ourselves and just feel it for a second or 16 seconds and then move on. Because I feel like when we do that, give ourselves compassion, it kind of just woosahs everything. It's kind of worse for me in my experience. Um, but I feel like we're, I think so many people are like, I get, is it just victim consciousness? We're just replaying we've already been through and putting it into our presence sometimes i think the pain but well i i would say this from a trauma a, a point of view and I, and I hear you and i'm just going to add this piece because yes and right the past isn't here but we have habits that were built in the past and so they're if they can influence us now and our awareness of what's happening in this present moment helps us address those right and please no one call yourself wrong for anything any habit or behavior that you had from the past because all of those things came because they're trying to keep you safe and the one that's exerting the part of me that's exerting itself in this moment is saying elizabeth you know you've got no right to speak up in this podcast for instance that that little one right that younger self well, you know, she's trying to keep me safe the best way that she knows how. And so my, uh, my addressing her as like, thank you so much for trying to keep me safe. I hear you. I appreciate you. Now, come sit down beside me and we're going to do this thing together. And we're going to do it like this. Right. So it's an integrative, loving, as you said, compassionate uh, 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 situation that we're a space that we're holding for ourselves. And that's really healing. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I love that. I love that other side of the coin there. That is beautiful. Marilena, you're thinking, I see it. No, I was just thinking like, if, if, if you were to have one thing, 
one one like tidbit like nugget like a tool almost right that you could give to the people out there listening who are you know maybe they're still stuck in chronic pain maybe they lost a child and that grief has been has had a hold over them that's so great they they feel like they can't leave their house right like that's a real barrier to joy it's a real barrier to joy and if you could give them just one tool, like a takeaway, one tiny thing, maybe a big thing. Oftentimes the big things are tiny things when it comes down to it, that they could take and they could integrate into their life. What would it be that would help them begin to find their way back to a life that includes joy? Yeah, I love the question. Uh, and I'll tell you, and I'll, 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 I'll share with you what it was for me ask for help. Mm. Right. So in the chronic pain space that remember we get, we're dysregulated. We're not connected, right? We're not thinking straight. And, and mostly we have to do it all by ourselves. We can't share that experience. So we get in a habit of doing stuff on our own. And so asking for help is kind of contrary to the programming of the chronic pain experience. But you know what? It's also the antidote, right? So asking for help, uh, and and it, it, there's, I mean, we could sit here and, and talk for another forty minutes just on that. But that would be the thing. Yeah. So Elizabeth, if people want to know more about your book, first of all, what what is your book called? What is the name of your book? It's called The Way Through Chronic Pain: Tools to Reclaim Your Healing Power. Yes. And I love that. It's like reclaiming it. It's like, you didn't, you, you never not really like you always owned it. You just got to go reclaim it. And I love that. And where can they find you if they're interested in learning more about your work or working with you in some way? You can find me at my website, which is elizabeth-kip.com. You got to put a hyphen in there uh, between my first and last name elizabeth-kip.com. You know, you can contact me through there. I'm all over social media, but all those little uh, icons are right up on my website. There's lots of free information there. uh, Lots of a big blog space, um, lots of free, free resources. So come on over and take a look. Yeah. Awesome. Thank you so much for sharing that with everybody listening. And I'm really grateful that you came here today. It's been such a joy to speak with you and a lot of my own story I see reflected in yours. And that's a big part of the healing for me is realizing that I'm not terminally unique, you know, mm-hmm. and that in, in understanding that um, I don't have to be terminally alone, which allows me to find connection and, and the pain feels a little bit less when mm-hmm. I do that. So thank you for being here today. Thank you, Merlina. Thank you, Shannon. Yeah. Separation. If I, if I would to say what our, what our biggest problem is in humanity is our sense of separation. Cause it's a, it's an illusion. We're all connected, right? We, but we just forget, right? Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. I love this. And thank you for explaining and expressing and showcasing um, our ability to get through the pain, um, to reclaim our own health uh, in our own way and putting something out there for people to have a resource. And um, your energy and your abundance is is ever glowing in, in what you do. And this conversation has been beautiful. Thank you so much, Elizabeth, for being here on our podcast today. It's, um, it's my honor. Thank you both so much, Shannon and Marlena. Yay. Have an amazing day.